Welcome to the Century Church Podcast with Dr. Patrick M. Quinn. You can find out more information about Century Church at www.century.church or download our app at the Apple or Google Play Store. Hey everyone, welcome back to week four of our series called War, fighting the battles that matter the most to us. The big idea in this series, War, is that conflict is inevitable. And what we do during that conflict shapes the relationships that matter the most. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote probably one of his most profound letters to the church at Rome. And in the beginning of that book, that letter, in Romans chapter 1, verse 12, he says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I want you to hear that again, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Hey, today we're gonna talk about fighting for your friends, what that looks like to fight for your friends. Now, for me, friendship has been so important. I have loved having lifelong friendships. I have loved being a military brat, living in multiple places all over the world even, and having friends and developing friends. Friends during our childhood, friends in the teenage years, friends at college, and friends in my adult life. You know, one of the things that I can say to you about friendship as we begin this talk together is that as a pastor, friendship in the very beginning was a little more difficult. It was a little weird, honestly, to be a pastor and and seeking out friendship. You know, not everybody wants to be a friend to the pastor. Uh, But I'll tell you one thing. At Century Church, I feel like that has changed a lot. I have so many good friends. At Century, relationships matter. It's one of our core values that relationships matter. And we build friendships here at this church. And so today, I want us to learn how to fight for our friends. Now, an old Irish proverb that I came across uh, has been something that, that I've read in the past that has meant something to me about friendship. And it goes like this. A good friend is like a four-leaf clover. Hard to find and lucky to have. Hey, there's some other quotes about friendship that I found kind of interesting as we begin this talk together. Another one, it's not what we have in life, but who we have in our life that matters. Or what about this one? We've been friends so long, I can't remember which one of us is the bad influence. Or how about this? Good friends don't let you do stupid things alone. Anybody ever been involved in a situation like that? How about this? We'll be friends forever because you already know too much. How many of our friends know a little too much about us? You might even spend a few nights in jail if they could tell some of the things that y'all did when you were friends. How about this? As your best friend, remember that if you fall, I will pick you up after I finish laughing. Now that's when you know you got a really good friend, when they'll laugh with you, sometimes even at you, but that they will bring humor and fun into your life. I love what Dale Carnegie said though the best. You can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. Hey, as we begin today, 
I want us to think about that quote. Hold that in the background of your mind with what Paul was saying about friendship being this mutually exclusive event, right? That we are supposed to be uh, mutually beneficial, uh, that we are supposed to share each other's burdens and joys, and that one of the ways that we can become friends is actually to want to be friends with other people, to become interested in other people less than trying to have people become interested in you. So I want you to consider something today as we kind of jump into this. Are you fighting with your friends or for your friends? Are you fighting with your friends or for your friends? In those moments of conflict that we, that we have, are we, are we choosing, am I going to take all of my passion, effort, energy, and fight and put it against this person? Or am I going to redirect it and fight for this person? Am I going to fight to keep the relationship, to keep the friendship, to keep this relationship together? Hey, that's most definitely true for marriage and what we talked about during week two. It's true for our families with our children, what we talked about in week three. It's true with relationships pertaining to friendship. It's what we're talking about right now. Would you agree that one of the greatest things about life is having good friends. Somebody who can relate to you, who gets you and your sense of humor, who encourages you when you're down in the valley and when you're up in the clouds, they keep your feet on the ground. So as we jump in today, as we talk about this serious topic about fighting for friends, I want to, I want to remind you that this entire series war is crafted around that scripture passage that we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against the spiritual forces of evil, the wickedness that is tearing this world apart. Right now, we have so many distractions, so many things that are pulling people away from one another, so many relationships that are being strained through politics and racial tension and, and trying to make it through a global pandemic. We have so many issues right now in our world. I want us to sit for a moment and to think about what it's like to stop fighting with each other so much and start fighting for each other. So first thing I would say to you is God created us for relationships. We got to remember that everyone. While we've been locked away in our homes, separating each other six feet apart, wearing masks, uh, being against each other in politics and in, in race relations, in what we think is right or wrong anymore in this country, God created us for relationships. We got to remember that. God created a woman back in Genesis so man would not be alone. You see, friendship is part of that equation and it always has been. You know, I was reading this past week where loneliness is becoming the second leading cause of death behind obesity. And even loneliness may actually surpass it. Can you believe that for just a second? Sit with that for a minute with me. Loneliness. There's so many lonely people, everyone. And you may be one of them today. And if you're one of them, this word is for you. This word is for you. It's time to start fighting for friendships because fighting for friendships means you may be fighting for your very life, that your life may depend upon it because God created us for relationships. We were meant for relationships. We were meant to be around each other. We were meant to live amongst each other. We were meant to do life together. God created us for relationships. And you know, the Bible also says we need friends. Believe it or not, 
the Bible says we need friends. One of the places you can find that is in Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We need people to share in the good times. We need people to share in the good times of our life. Our victories lose their luster without friends to celebrate with us. Listen to me. It's no fun to win and win alone. We, we got to have people around us. It's so much more exciting. It's so much more life-giving when we score, when we win, when we move the ball across the goal line, when we uh, celebrate a victory if we're not doing it alone, right? Friends are here to celebrate with us, to be a part of our victories with us, every celebration with us. Our defeats are also part of what a good friend travels alongside of us for. Our defeats devour us without friends to encourage us. Listen, you got to have friends when you face the defeats of life, when the failures come, when the fear sets in, when the stumbling blocks are all around. Our defeats will devour us without friends to encourage us. The Bible says we need friends, that iron sharpens iron. But you know what else? Jesus needed friends. It's not just that God created us for relationships and the Bible tells us we need friends. We need to look no further than the prototype of our faith, than the one who has gone before us, the one who has provided us salvation, the one who has come to live among us, die among us, and lead us into that resurrected life. Jesus even needed friends. You have to look no further than what he first did when he, when he started into his ministry. Jesus chose 12 disciples. Think about that for just a moment. Jesus chose 12 people to travel with him, to go through all the ups and downs of the next three years of ministry. Jesus chose 12 people to walk alongside of him, to not only learn what it means to be a faithful follower of God, to not only learn what it, what it will be like to, to start the church, grow the church, and have this movement spread around the world, but Jesus actually needed friends. And if you don't believe me, then look into that, those scriptures and look into the 12. Because of the 12, he became really close to three. That's right. Of the 12, he became very close to three of them, Peter, James, and John. And you know, you see that in the way in which they interacted with one another. So God created relationships. Got to have them. The Bible says we need friends. Iron sharpens iron. Jesus came and he even chose friends. He chose the 12. And then of the 12, he chose three to, to travel along with, alongside of him in all of his ups and downs in the journey of life here on earth. Fully man, fully God. Needed friends tells me that I need friends too. So here's the challenge. I want us to, to think through this carefully today as we think about the war that is all around us. Here's the challenge. We're going to spend some time here, everyone. I want you to think about the challenge that I'm giving you. Because it's one thing to hear, yes, we need friends. It's another thing to hear, God created us for relationships. The Bible says we need to do it, and Jesus has it, has friends. But a lot of times, what's going on today in our world is that it's hard to have friends, right? Because it's hard to trust people. It's hard to let down your guard. It's hard to be in close proximity and relationships with each other for fear of being found out, for fear of, 
of what people might think when they really get to know you. It's hard to have real friends today, people that you can journey with in life, people that will walk with you when times are tough. And so the challenge today is, is how do you move through those feelings of, of uh, inadequacy, those feelings of worthlessness, those feelings of, um, of doubt that people will ever be able to be trusted? How, how, do you, how do you move past the fact that people have let you down? Well, let me say this to you, first of all. Friendship will always be tested. Friendship will always be tested. It's a war, everyone. Friendship will always be tested. You can see that with Jesus's relationships. That's how I want this to go for a few moments. I want you to look into the life of Jesus. There were harsh words that were said, even in Jesus's friendships. One time he told Peter, get behind me, Satan. He, he literally looked at what you could arguably call his best friend and say, and he said, get behind me, Satan, which was a very harsh word. But it was a word that Jesus gave to his best friend because at that moment in time, he didn't need what Peter was dishing out. So sometimes there's harsh words and friendship is going to be tested. Jesus was let down. The disciples were asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus has come to pray all through the night because he has an inkling, he has a feeling, he has knowledge of what is about to happen to him, that, that the soldiers are coming out, that the Sanhedrin is coming for him, that the religious authorities have decided that now is the time to go and capture Jesus, that, that here it is, this moment, and he's asking the disciples to pray in the garden, to stay awake with him, he says. And what does he come back to find over and over again? The disciples asleep in the garden. They were letting him down. Friendship will always be tested, everyone. There'll be harsh words said. There'll be times when your friends let you down. And then there, there, there'll be times when you feel all alone. Jesus even had that. Jesus once told his best friend again, Peter, that you're going to deny me three times. And Peter's like, no, 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 I won't deny you. I'll go to the mat for you. That's what Peter told him. I will be there for you. And you want to believe that about your best friends. But Jesus finds... Peter denying him three times, feeling all alone. Friendship will always be tested. And Jesus also found friendship will be tested with difficult circumstances. When you feel misunderstood, when you feel like they're not getting it, Jesus is on the cross. I want you to get back to that picture, right? We're looking at the life and the ministry of Jesus. Jesus is on the cross, and there he is. And literally, he utters the words, forgive them for they know not what they do. I don't believe that he was just talking to the soldiers that had pinned him on that cross. I believe he was also talking to his friends who were finding themselves wandering away from the ministry, wandering away from the truth, wandering away from the grace that he had put on display, wandering away from the movement that he was beginning. He was misunderstood. So even when you face difficult circumstances, when your friends don't understand what you're up to or what you're doing, friendship is always going to be tested. But here's the second piece of it. True friendship is priceless. Hear that today. True friendship is priceless. All of that that happened to Jesus, all of that that happened with his closest friends, harsh words that had to be said, right? Um, difficult circumstances that were, that were a part of it, hard truths that were there, all of these things that happened with Jesus's closest friends, and he still believed in them. Jesus still believed in his friends. 
Jesus still had hope for his friends. Jesus still prayed for his friends. True friendship is priceless. And Jesus still believed in those disciples. Jesus still wanted to walk with those disciples. There he is resurrected. There he is resurrected. And what does he do? He goes and seeks out his friends. He goes and seeks out Peter, James, and John. He goes and seeks out Thomas walking away. He goes and seeks out his friends. Jesus believed in them. Jesus still had hope for his friends. Jesus still prayed for his friends. And don't miss this, everyone. Jesus still gave his life for his friends. Hey, today, today, think about your friendships. The best friendships that I have are ones that have been tested. And I believe the same would probably be true for you. The best friendships are the ones that have been tested. The ones that, yeah, you've been through some difficult circumstances and some tough times and some things that that were said and done and and moments when, when friends let you down, but yet at the same time, then you still believe, you still hope, you still work through, you still you still journey through because friendship is priceless. Today, the challenge is ever before us. Are we going to fight against and, and, and with our friends? Or are we going to fight for our friends? And I believe right now this world wants us to fight with our friends and certainly not for our friends. It wants us to fight against each other on matters of, of race, color. It wants us to fight against each other with political party affiliations wants us to fight against each other with a global pandemic and what your opinions are versus what my opinions are. wants us to fight against each other with every social media post, whether we agree or disagree, and, and we will call off friends, we will unfriend you, we will never talk to you again. wants to bring it to a boiling point to send us all to our homes, lonely, scared, and afraid. I don't believe that that's what God intends at all for us. So you got to make a decision today. Are you going to fight for your friends? Are you going to fight for them and stop fighting with them? Stop fighting against them. This world is tough enough, everyone. The world is beating us down and trying to put us in the ground to devour us. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, in every way. You know, Today, I want us to really think about the friendships that we have enjoyed, to give thanks to God for those, and to actually find a way that that we would even strengthen them. You know, Zig Ziglar once said, if you go looking for a friend, you're going to find they're very scarce. If you go out to be a friend, you'll find them everywhere. Maybe the best way we could start fighting for our friends is to actually decide right now in our hearts, we're going to be a friend. We are going to be a friend. We're not going to go out looking for friends. We're not going to say, will you be my friend? We're going to go out today on the offense, everyone, and go be a friend. So the last thing that I want to say to you today in this challenge, who do you need to circle back with this week? Is there somebody in your life right now? Is there somebody that you need to circle back with this week? Something happened this week. I don't know what it is, but God is bringing it to your heart right now. Is there somebody that you need to circle back with this week? Here's another question. 
What friend has come to mind during this message? What friend has come to mind during this message? You know who they are. God's laid them on your heart. Who do you need to say thank you for our friendship to? Who do you need to say thank you? I'm so thankful for this friendship. Maybe it's a surprise text or a phone call or or some long-distance friend that you haven't had a chance. I don't know what it is, but who do you need to say thank you for our friendship? Here, let's get a little more serious for a moment. Who do you need to reach out to right now because they might be lonely? Loneliness is, is on the rise, everyone. And so who do you need to reach out to right now because they might be lonely? And you know who they are. A few of you have names right now that are popping into your mind. And that is God meeting you right now where this message is, and you need to reach out because they might be lonely. All right, one more serious question today. As we think about a way to fight for our friends, who do you need to forgive so that a friendship can be healed? Now, most of the time, it's God puts us in close proximity with people, and we're going to mess up because we're messy mortals in need of God's grace in need of God's light to illuminate the truth in our eyes of our own mistakes and and to be able to be humble enough, grace-filled enough, and hope-filled enough to enjoy the relationships that God has placed before us. You know, it's no no, uh, doubt that friendship is so hard these days. Man, as I prepared for this message and thought about it, it's like marriage is under attack. We talked about it last week. And this is when when you make a vow to God, till death do us part. And so many of us these days seem to be taking that vow so carelessly, so recklessly. Our friendships don't stand a chance if our marriages can't even get that part right, that we're willing to fight for our marriages. And so today, I I really want to implore, I really want to urge you that you would fight for friendship in a similar way as taking a vow that God has placed some people in your life. God has brought some people into close proximity with you and and will you choose to be a friend? Don't wait for them to be a friend for you. Choose to be a friend. This world is void of friendship. This world is is hungry for friendship. There are lonely people all around. There are are frustrated people all around. There are people that feel like they can't trust anyone. And the Christian should be the one showing up in droves saying, I will be your friend. I will walk with you in the dark of the night. I will walk with you and show you the light of day. I will walk with you and be with you in every hardship, in every valley, but I will also journey with you and celebrate with you when you get to the mountaintop. I will celebrate the victories and be with you in the midst of the defeats. I will walk with you. That's what the Christians should do. We should be known for our friendship to one another and to the world outside that they know that we are desiring to be friends, to be encouragers, to be hope-filled, to be grace-filled, to be truth-filled, to be people of the light, people of the way. Hey, today, who do you need to be a friend to? Listen and take this word so seriously. Paul starts out in Romans, and I'm going to read it in close to you again from a different translation. He writes, I really want to see you, to pass along some spiritual gift to you so that you can be strengthened. 
Do you hear Paul's words? I want to be a friend to you. I really want to see you, to pass along some spiritual gift to you so that you can be strengthened. What I mean is that we can mutually encourage each other while I'm with you. We can be encouraged by the faithfulness we find in each other, both your faithfulness and mine. Hey, the friendship that we can enjoy with one another should be a friendship that we see as divine. It's a divine intervention or a divine appointment from God. It's a moment when we realize that God has brought some people into our life that we get to strengthen and that get to strengthen us. They get to encourage and we get to be encouraged. That get to uh, share faithfulness. They get to walk with us in all of the trials and tests and hardships of life, but also get to celebrate in all the victories and all the wins, all of the accolades. Friendship is from God. God created us to be in relationships. The Bible says we need friends. Jesus even needed them. And that tells me that we need them too. So today, go be a friend. Go be a blessing. And go be the hands and feet of Christ to a world that needs good friends. I pray for you and for me, for all of those that hear this message, for our church, that we would be known as good friends to one another. It's a war. Let's fight for our friends. Stop fighting against them. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we bow before you today and we give you thanks and praise for your word that comes alive in us that reminds us that as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And Lord, right now, friendships are under attack. I have no doubt that while I'm even offering up this message today, there are friendships that have been uh, twisted, broken, devastated. People have walked away from one another, maybe from years of friendship, and they needed this message today to be reminded that you indeed brought those friends into their life to walk alongside of them, to cheer them on, to encourage them that you have brought people into our lives that we might be a friend. And so God, we're heartily sorry where we have failed to be a friend. Let's get that straight in our hearts, God, that we have failed to be friends with those that you have brought into our life. Help us, God. Help us to be the type of friend that Jesus so desperately needed, wanted, and was for his 12 disciples. Help us to be a friend for the people that you bring into our life. And forgive us, God, where we have fallen short of that. And help us, God, to be the type of people that are grace-filled and truth-filled, that speak words of light into people's lives, that speak words of encouragement and speak words that will put, them, that will put people on the next level closer to you. So, Lord... Today, we give you thanks for friendship. Friendship first with you, God, and the friendship that we get to have with others. So help us, God, to fight for our friends. We're tired of fighting with them. Be with each one of us as we go out to be a friend today. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.